Welcome to Selkirk, a town just down the river from Winnipeg. And I once worked in Selkirk and still feel very connected to the town. It was my first job after university. I wrote for the Selkirk Journal. I remember being so excited and yet nervous about it. However, I soon became proud that it was my job to tell the community stories. Selkirk is a busy place. I know it for its world-class catfishing, its hockey team, and a large number of restaurants for a small town. I'm Megan Kirtenson, and you're listening to Manitoba Landmarks. Selkirk's always been known by name as being a fishing community. I mean, it's always been promoted, you know, the catfish capital. Yeah. Canada, North America, some say the world, depending on what circles yeah. you're, you're in. But other than the catfish statue, Chuck the Catfish, you wouldn't, you may not necessarily know that. That's David Olbert. He writes the fishing column for the Selkirk Journal. We are sitting with his father-in-law, Randy Anderson, at the Tim Hortons on Main Street in Selkirk. He's telling me about the fishing community, one he believes the town needs to start promoting more. It's just too bad about this place with the fishing industry and what we're saying. Like, it drives me nuts because the, you take the fair and rodeo that literally lasts three days out of an entire year. Get so much attention, oh, yeah. huge. And so much attention, yes. and, it's the, and then the rodeo stuff is retarded. And then yet angling that probably takes up two hundred days, if not more, That's gets sad. very little attention. The David mentioned earlier that most people guiding or involved in the fishing industry in Selkirk are actually coming from outside of town. He's trying to change that. Like, you know, I'm trying to do my part as a competitive tournament angler to bring stuff here, like, you know, contribute to the paper, bring that ice fishing workshop, and we, we're seeing yeah. some, some uh, you know, potential for that to even grow, and we haven't even had the first one. But People come to Selkirk for catfishing in the summer and walleye in the fall. The town is littered with American license plates and anglers from mid-May to October. Then it starts all over again for ice fishing. It's a big money-making machine. I remember the first time I went catfishing. I was pretty anti-catfishing at the time. I thought they were gross and I didn't want to get sprayed or touch the water in the red. I was living in Lac de Bonnie at the time and I remember walking down the gravel parking lot of Granite Hills Golf Course after work and finding my uncle and cousin sitting, waiting for me, with the boat hooked up to the truck and big smiles on their faces. My uncle yelled, get in the truck, we're That's going fishing. fishing. Megan's got a, maybe a master on here. Coming a little faster now, isn't he? She's reeling in with her right hand, and uh, I'm pretty impressed. A little backwards from it. Started off. Yeah, he's starting off heavy, but he's not uh, not biting at all. Ooh. Oh. Oh. I feel big. I'm uh, feeling pretty good. I'm feeling a little hungry. Feeling <laughs> I think it's dinner time for the fishes. Oh, he's what a big one. What is that? He's a biggest. Oh. I think he broke his rod. He's a monster. He's a monster. Oh my God. It turned out to be one of my favorite evenings ever. And my, my earliest memory was probably four years old. And Chuck and Thor and Dale Waterman and Reggie Waterman yeah, and those Reggie. guys were, were being evil and wouldn't let me catfish with them because we were too small. <laughs> yeah. Kenny 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 Waterman and I, yeah. we were the designated frog catchers. Down at the end of down at the end of the mill stream there. And I can remember 
Why, like, why can't we catch with you guys? Like, I thought you guys would have went to Little Lake for that. Oh no, 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 no. There was back then you couldn't walk five feet without catching frogs, so oh, that's yeah. what we did. We like no one else did it. No one else catfished. Okay. And the only reason I have, we we got into it because Reggie Waterman was fantastic <laughs> at smoking fish. Okay. So that's kind of how we got into catfishing, and then. I it started getting big for sport Aww. fishing. Okay. Megan, this is my wife Kim. Hi. Nice yeah. to see you. You know Randy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So we. Uh, I remember Kenny and I saying like, why the hell can't we catch some of these catfish? And then no sooner said that than it was either Chuck or Terry pulled up like a 33 or 34 pounder, and we're looking at it going, yeah, we'll go get frogs. <laughs> this thing's gonna pull us in and then eat us. So yeah. And then as we got older, there was a group of. I'd say 20, 30 people maybe in Southridge that every year fish for cats. Okay. And we'd take some of that day and we'd smoke them. And so you eat them? Yeah. Okay. Some, not all of them, but, you know, and to this day, there's still some that get taken to be eaten. They're fantastic eating if you know how to do it. That's Scott Norquay. He's Chuck's brother. Chuck is who the giant channel catfish is named after. He and his family met Randy and I at Tim's later that evening. It's cold outside. I'm wearing a winter jacket and hugging my hot chocolate to warm my hands. That's when Scott comes in, wearing only a t-shirt. The man doesn't feel the cold. This is a story about a family. Yeah, so I mean, it started off, I don't know if you ever, whole thing's like that. ever heard of the Babe Winkleman show? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well actually, yeah, the Babe Winkleman show and all, it was good fishing, Babe Winkleman's good fishing. And they had a pattern. So you had to write down, tell them what your pattern was, and if they picked it, then they came up and did a show. The story that I was told was that he was on his way up to musky fish in Ontario, got the letter about the giant catfish that we have here, called bullshit on it, because channel catfish don't get that big down. Right. So they couldn't believe that they were that big. Well, we ended up, I'm not sure, I, I want to say that, that Chuck faxed the picture to them from the funeral home, because he was working at the funeral home at the time. Mm -hmm. So, faxed it down, their producers got it, phoned Babe on the way up, and he said, the muskie will be there later if these fish are this big, and wherever, he tied up to a hotel or something and saw this picture, and it was Chuck and I and Thor with probably 300 pounds of catfish on the shore. So, yeah, no, we're, we're going fishing. So, okay, hooked it up, pulled, pulled it, well, there was, probably, there was probably 20 that were laying on the shore for, yeah, they were only laying on the shore for a couple hours, though, and that, that was his big concern, like, well, what do you do with those with that many? Put them back in the water and he swam away. <laughs> you, can drive over these things, you can drive over these things with a truck, it's not going to bother them. Yeah. So they ended up coming into town and I still remember this. We were standing at, well it was Roy and June's at the time, Wes and Leanne are living there now. But we're standing there and we watch Babe pull up to the funeral home with a $60,000 lund and Chuck's just going, oh this is going to be wicked. No, no, we're fishing offshore. What? Well, that's the pattern. We'll go play in this later, but for the show, we got to do it offshore. Really? Yeah, because that was what—that's the way the pattern was sent in, right? Okay, so it's all the way. Yeah. So him and Chuck, we went and caught a shitload of frogs at the golf course, and there was I don't know six or eight of us sitting up at the top of the hill because that property slopes down to the river, and him and Babe were down there in the camera crew and everything. <laughs> They put the put the rods down, cast out, put the rods down, put a couple of big boulders on the back. And Babe's looking, why are you doing that? Because if you don't do that, you're not going to have a rod. And it was like, okay, so how do these things bite? Because the catfish down south, they, they have a tendency, they'll grab it, they'll run with it a little bit, or they'll pull it. And Chuck points, they kind of do that. And the rod was just, just not nose diving. 
and I still I remember that it was yesterday. So yeah, and they they pounded the hell out of him for that show, and he he couldn't believe it. He went down and he did a pile of advertising, and it just exploded from there. I remember when Christ, I must have been five, six, and we were bad. I mean anything, anything we caught was in the house. I had a squirrel in my dresser drawer for a little while until Mom found out. A squirrel in my car for the past three months. Well, yeah, but Chuck had a Chuck had a whole bunch of night crawlers, so he got them at night and he's going to save them for the morning, right? Well, he apparently, Mom took a real dim view to him saving them under the pillow. Because they didn't stay there. <laughs> he put him under his pillow? Oh, yeah. Safe keep. <laughs> Close to him. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine? Yeah. Scott said Chuck was picked for the statue during a contest that ran in the local paper. He was a huge part of the community. I forgot totally about the contest. And then you yeah. mentioned it. Now I remember it. Yeah. I could have been well, I was just telling the deciding factor of why they went with it because it's somebody well, from the town. It's a family from the town. Right? Yeah, but Chuck was so he was such a high profile well, person. He was the guy that put Selkirk on the map. Well, it's, it's you, you got to remember wise. though. You got to remember though too, right? Everybody knew him from fishing, but everybody also knew him from the funeral home. It's like yeah, funeral yeah, right. home. Like Didn't he didn't play hockey as well. Yeah. Like yeah. he was yeah, so we, well yes. known. We, a little bit. All of us Northwest played a little bit of hockey. Chuck drowned while guiding in 1993. Brant McKillop was the, or no, Harris, I guess he was. Brant was the service manager there, and he was a real good friend of the family. And that's whose boat I was in when Kenny found him. So, I'm confused about the story. Um, he had two guys from Ontario in the boat, too close to the, too close to the spillway, right? And the rope, they still don't know for sure what happened. They, from what I've ascertained over the years, it sounds like the boat started to swing. Either they opened the floodway a little more, like not a lot, but a little more, to, and it was insane. It was like 200,000 gallons a second were coming over the spillway. So, was that before they rebuilt underneath the spillway or after? Because that had a lot to do with the current. Well, the current was going over the spillway and eating it. Well, it, it, that's, that's, yeah, it was then because it dug a hole there. Because yeah. that's where he went. It pulled him into that hole. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, okay. it was, they ended up, they ended up the next day closing part of the floodway to slow down the flow because they knew there was a recovery. To get him out of that cycle. Well, they didn't know there was people that thought he was going to be by Selkirk at that point because the current was going so hard. But we had a shitload of boats and you know what, his rat threw me in the boat with him because I, I told mom I wasn't coming home. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we got him, Kenny Waterman pulled him out, hooked him with a, with so a grapple. How did Danny so Thor just, was there, he and they used. He he Danny donated a big. We, we, we used a bunch of meat, and threw <coughs> twenty foot of line, thick rope, to a couple of Javex jugs, threw the bag of meat down, and watched where it went, within twenty feet. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. So well, he stayed it was that so, close in that pattern. Yeah, y'all. It was so he was. He got hung up. That's his, what I heard. Yeah, yeah. His rain suit got hung up. So that was the other thing. Is the rain, the, the motor wouldn't start. I guess the front end started taking in a little bit of water. See, that's the part I heard. And he was going to swim to, because remember how it came down and there was that big long bar? Yeah. Well, he yeah. had a rope and he was going to swim to the bar, tie it there, and those guys were going to tie it to the boat and they were going to come across. That was the plan. See, part of the but story. He had a, his life jacket got ripped right off. They saw part of the, the guy story we heard once, was that one of the guys went in and Chuck went in to get him. Yeah, no. 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 Okay. He went in himself. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. He was trying to, trying to swim to that pillar because they weren't that far from it. Apparently. Yeah, so he probably 
Well, he was a pretty smart guy, so like he probably thought there was oh, a yeah. really good chance oh, he wouldn't have done it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. But yeah, he. Uh, they said he made it a little bit. I don't know how far. I know well, they. In that I under, know they. Well, I know. I know they talked to me after, but it's just it's a blur. Yeah. So. Well, no, it ripped, ripped the jacket right off him, and he had it buckled underneath too. But I mean, you think what's, most guys what's the force of 200,000 gallons exactly. a second, right? Exactly. So that's what they said. That's why when they opened the spillway, when they when they made it wider, they couldn't believe how deep that hole was, because it had been eating away for years and years and years. Right? Oh yeah. So did they, did they fix that hole? Did they fix that hole? Did they fix that hole? Yeah. They filled yeah. that. Yeah. They did. They took they a whole did? summer. Yeah. They okay. had the army there doing it. Really? Yeah. I lost count of how many people were feeding us. Wow. Trying to feed us anyway. I remember going down there in the evening and there was lights everywhere, people all over the yeah. place. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I'm always been good swimmers. Yeah. And that was something that, man, that took me a long, long time to get over. And I, there's still days I'm not, that I should have been there. But it's. But in that kind of occurrence. Well, oh, it wouldn't have mattered. No, I mean, I, I know it wouldn't have mattered, right? Yeah. But tell this thing. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I, but I mean, the the legacy is, is from everyone that knew him, or everyone he's ever touched, getting people fishing that, that yeah. don't get out. That was right. his passion. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, he could. Him selling fishing was as yeah. easy as breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's ever held a fishing rod mad. Okay. Well, unless well we broke it, broken off some 10, 12 pound walleye that we weren't tickled pink about, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, that's why they call it fishing, right? That's I admit, I got lost in the stories that yeah. Scott and Randy shared. I just sat back and watched as these two stepbrothers reconnected and swapped stories about fishing, hunting, and their childhoods. This is one of my favorite things about my project, getting an insight into their lives, being welcomed into a family for a little while, hear their stories, their history, and share their passions. I have to admit, I really like eating catfish. The first time I had it was in Lactabani. I went to my friend's shop to help him change the brake pads on his quad. Well, he worked and I had a drink and ate. I was a bit unsure at first. I want to compare it to a nice pike in the middle of winter, but I might get some pushback on that. I don't. When, when I do them, I can feed people catfish. They, they'd never know. And I made lots of money out of the Americans over the years because they wouldn't eat them right there. They're trophy fish. So I was like, well, you can't eat those things. Like, Jesus Christ, they're disgusting. No, no. Take them in. If you, the best ones to eat are anywhere from the 7 to 10, 12 pound range. Yeah, I would Much bigger that. than that. They get a real thick layer of fat on them, and they're, that's, it's like catching a 10 pound walleye, right? It's breeding stock. Okay. So you take that fat layer off. Once you peel the skin off them, it's just like doing a Mariah, right? You peel this, cut the skin and peel it off, and it leaves all the meat. You cut that fat layer off, and then you're left with a great big fillet of kind of fairly dark meat. Cut that up cube it in two inch squares, bread it deep fried, you would never in a million years know it's cats. I tried Scott's recipe and it was awesome. I tweaked it a bit to make it gluten free and a bit healthier, but it turned out great. I made a video about how to cook catfish. You can find it on the show's website. Thanks for listening to Manitoba Landmarks. I'd love to hear from you. Do you have an interesting story about one of the places featured here? or have one that should be on our list. Then send me a message on social media or email manitobalandmarks at gmail.com. Music for the show is by Manny Gosen. There are links to his Spotify page on the show website. 
Until next time, keep exploring. Thank <laughs> you.